seven. Seven. West Brom one away from having their score spelt out and they still have time to make up the greatest chant in footballing history. Our effing boiler, he'd get in your team. This is the Totally Football League Show. Look to the sky, Leeds fans. The roof is coming off, whilst for Derby, it's just the wheels. We'll talk an embryonic championship, practically perfect Portsmouth and Peterborough in League One, an alphabetical order of the day in League Two. With me, Caroline Barker, from one old boiler to three. Uh, Sam Parkin's been... I said it so you didn't have to, Sam. You've been experiencing every corner of Brentford this week, haven't you, every pub? Yeah, well, I walked past a few. I did nip into the beehive just to say uh, hello to a couple of my oh, mates. Yeah. But... yeah, the old, I've got to say hello. Yeah. I'm just popping in. Yeah, I didn't go for any refreshment post-match, actually, because I had a job on. So it was good. I enjoyed it watching uh, the game, but unfortunately I wasn't allowed to uh, partake in any extracurricular. He would never partake in anything extracurricular unless there are extra points for it. Adrian Clark's also here. Hello. Here, there and everywhere. Mm. Every time I turn on Twitter, someone else raving about something you've done. Yeah, it's boring, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and nobody puts Crilly in the corner, apart from William Hill. Joe, champions-elect Bolton Crilly is here. Hello. Ruining Reading every week. Yeah. <laughs> well, just this week. <laughs> all right, maybe just this week. Although the the Reading fans are saying it's all Bolton's fault. We totally outplayed you. Nothing to do with the tactical now, so not of our manager. Yeah, we've heard that for three games in a row. We've got seven points, so I'm not too bothered about that. Staying up, Bolton. Uh, happy Tuesday, everyone. No after timing this week. Someone wrote to at the Totally Football Show. Uh, we can talk Carabao Cup if you want, or we can talk about midweek games to be streamed live. A bit of history. Uh, which is going to date this podcast because we're recording it Tuesday morning ahead of the Tuesday and Wednesday games. But if you go and go on iFollow, uh, if you go on Sky, they're going to do this kind of NFL red zone thing. You can watch the games, the midweek games this week. You a fan of it, Sam? Well, it something that's been talked about for a while and it's coming to fruition now. I just think there'll be quite a, a number of takers for it. It's going to be an expensive habit, though. I think if... Uh, young kids want to watch uh, the game and they also want to subscribe to, to the websites as well. It's going to be quite expensive, but cheaper than going to the opposite end of the country midweek. So my fear is a lot of people are going to be up for it. Um, it's a shame because uh, the local radio, obviously that we've all been involved in, mm. has always uh, done that service and do a great service of uh, covering all the, the local teams. So a shame in one respect, but the way that the world has gone. So it's a, it's a tenor to sign up to this digital platform for for each... Well, not to sign up to the digital platform, but to, to watch each individual game, Adrian. I guess the argument is if if your team is playing away and your club get a little bit of a percentage of this, then maybe some money going to the club and you're not travelling. Yeah, I think it's only fair that the clubs involved will, will be compensated to, to some degree. Maybe also the the home club, because the, if you're hosting a team that suddenly the away end, uh, the allocation hasn't been taken up because a, a load of fans that might have travelled to the game decided to save themselves 40, 50 pounds in terms of travel and ticket prices to watch, to watch it on the internet won't be there. So yeah, maybe they've just got to work out who who gets the split I'm slightly uncomfortable about it because I don't want to take fans away from the stadiums but also on the other side of it I think accessibility to to EFL games is a good thing and the more people that, that gets to watch them the better so so I'm kind of torn interested to see if it takes off uh, Andy Holt, the owner, majority shareholder, chairman at, at Accrington, he's one of those that hasn't signed up to it. 14 EFL clubs have not signed up to it. I guess for the betting market, suddenly you can, you can watch the games. It's going to be a bit bit better, Joe. Yeah, 
televised football matches uh, are always the most popular ones over the course of the weekend. So if there's more matches on, and it will allow people to to flick, I suppose. Or do you have to select your match beforehand and watch that one, or can you flick between? Well, I guess uh, on on Sky you can have a flick through whichever ones they've got on the the red button yeah. too. Andy Holt, by the way, the acting chairman. If you follow him on on Twitter, he's well worth a follow. Engages with the fans. He's talked about the financial impact of this. Thinks that it will lose him money as well. So Sky Sports, that that sort of red zone service as well. Bit of history this week then. In NFL style, should we talk about game week three? You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag your odds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gambleaware.org and when the fun stops, stop. At the Totally Football Show, if you want to get in touch, there is one of those points of the weekend when we all went, OK, so this week's going to be dominated by West Brom winning 7-1 against Queen's Park Rangers. Although there's two stories I want to combine or at least mash up on this, which is whether this puts managers under pressure because defeat for Hull as well saw Nigel Adkins come out and talk all about whether he's under pressure now. Is Steve McLaren under pressure at Queen's Park Rangers? Are we too soon into the season, Sam, to be saying, all right, so a few games in, suddenly that sword's waving over them? I think all the clubs you mentioned there are a little bit different because certainly in the Reading case, there's a bit of a hangover from last season. So Mm. Paul Clement's already had a bit of an opportunity. But my instinct is just to say no everyone calm down inevitably the bloke that's in the the dugout gets some flack that's human nature in football and I'll be surprised if there's not a little bit of a tense atmosphere especially at Loftus Road tonight for for the visit of Bristol City but what are they going to do you know tear up what Steve McLaren's done he's tried to change a few things who's going to come in his hands are tied to a certain degree they need players, um, Caroline. Uh, they need some experience to, to help these young lads. And um, it's difficult because of uh, the financial restraints on Queen's Park Rangers. But no, I would say just hold off. Whole City as well, a huge overhaul there. Lost mm. the whole back four more or less last season. Lost their best goal scorer. Um, let's just be a little bit calm for once. Being calm, it is a tale of two managers because Steve McLaren walks out after that 7-1 defeat. He didn't walk out, by the way, and that's not breaking news. But he came out and spoke after that 7-1 defeat and said it's unacceptable. He said, of course, I mean, you can't say anything but that. It's complete humiliation, isn't it? He was quite dignified in the way that he handled it, I thought. But, I mean, they are the team that have the most to worry about. Queen's Park Rangers. I mean, I have played played in teams that have absolutely folded like they did. And it is... It's just an awful experience and normally it tells you that there are just no leaders in the team, no, the spirit, every the body language. Did you see the body language of the Queen's Park Rangers players as goals three, four, five went in? It was appalling and sometimes you need someone to really rattle some cages. Now, now Steve McLaren afterwards said, I'm, I'm going to try and reassure them that they are good players and I get that. But at the same time, you've got to be brutally honest and you've got to hold people to account and it feels, I'm not saying Steve McLaren's too soft, but he's too soft, in, in my opinion. I, I, I do feel he's, he's, he's that way inclined. And he, those players maybe need shaking up a bit. Even though they are young, they're grown men still. 
they can be told when they've been rubbish and and they were appalling I I, I felt I think he, just, he needs to shake it up big time there yeah I mean the, the defending was desperate watching those goals go in and seeing the lack of fight the lack of bodies getting back into a defensive position I mean I don't want to single him out but Leisner the, the new sign and a couple of his reactions were startling to, to me and um, the ease of the goals as well normally you're talking about two or three perlers in a victory like that they were mm. all scrappy penalties just just desperate it, it was just a be... youth team game if that was a youth team performance the youth managers who are n- notoriously tough because they, they don't want to knock you into shape they would they would rip you to shreds wouldn't they would you have I, responded to that would you be better with an arm rounder or, or better with being told I mean you know no 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 if, if, if we just lost 7-1 and a manager put his arm around my shoulder I think what, what are you doing what were you doing? Like, we, we were awful. So I think there's a time and a place for that. Obviously, you, you can't make it doom and gloom all of the time. You have to get the balance right and, and ahead of the next game, maybe just fluff up some of the players and say, you know, you are good, you know, you're a terrific player, blah, blah, blah. But, but when you've been poor, I think players expect and sometimes need to be, to be shaken up a bit. It'll be absolutely fascinating to see what the reaction is because the Evening Standard reported last night that he needs to get something from the next two games. I mean, that seems incredible to me. But what will it have been like in the, at the training ground the last 24 hours? Miserable. Uh, has he got it in him to inspire people to, to fight and give a few... Um, yeah. Bollockings. Yeah. I'm allowed to say that because that's probably what it required on Monday morning. You're you're anticipating it when you go in as a player. Well, you'd be foolish. If, if you walk in on the Monday morning mm. and think you're not getting that, then there's something yeah. clearly that you're not get getting mentioned. about the game. Yeah, if it doesn't get mentioned. If the manager's just sitting there sulk or standing there on the sidelines deciding to sulk and, and leave it to his coaches and he's just, it's just standing there, I think your reaction would be, well, what's he going to do about it then? Mm. I know that we were poor, but what, what's, what's the manager going to do here? Queen's Park Rangers then losing 7-1. I mentioned Nigel Adkins. He was talking after Hull loss 1-0 to, to Blackburn. I guess it's the old manner of the defeat. He said to, to BBC Radio Humberside afterwards, got to choose my words carefully. Today was damaging in respect that we didn't win a game of football. I'm working as best I can with a group of players that we've got. And if that isn't going to be good enough, then someone else will have to come and do it. So that's immediately after the game, in the same way we heard from Steve McLaren immediately after the game saying it's not acceptable. He then went, Atkins went on Twitter and said, good morning, an opportunity to reflect, learn the lessons from yesterday's game, an opportunity to support the players, help improve the team and add to the squad before the transfer window shuts, working towards a team fans will be proud of and togetherness. Now, if someone had a word with him in that in that time frame is that him reflecting on himself and saying yeah. okay I've got to try and change or shift the emphasis here to say it's alright I'm not yeah. saying they're about to sack me it's the managerial equivalent of drinking and dialing isn't it <laughs> that's what it is that's what it is Just it's the worst time possible to catch a manager after a game after you just lost another game because they, they're actually being the most honest that they can be and then they reflect and think uh oh maybe I need to backtrack a little bit yeah. and be slightly more balanced so the pattern there with Hull and QPR is is that the squads have been decimated. They've got a lot of young players and they've got managers actually that are genuine. <laughs> McLaren, I'm not saying Nigel Atkins isn't a good manager because he is, but we know what his background was. Steve McLaren's background as a coach. They're, they're quite gentle managers. I don't, I'm not completely aware of who, what the number twos are like, but you'd like to think that you maybe the, that num- the number twos need it, to be strong. Is that approach not right for the championship? 
I just think you need a balance, don't you? And 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 sometimes when sometimes players would take advantage, and I've been in dressing rooms. I'm sure, I'm sure Sam has. Where if a, if a manager is 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 soft and not strict enough, not not enough of a disciplinarian. I mean, we saw it at Arsenal a little bit with Arsene Wenger. Then players can get into bad habits, and they can think they can get away with things more than if they were playing for a. And more of a scary manager, for for want of a better phrase. So I think if if the if the number one like McLaren is a is a gentle kind of guy, the number two needs to be a real real strong strong character. You have to have the balance, don't you, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. And um, no, I think Adrian makes a good point there. When managers are in reflective mood after a mood after a game, sometimes they can let their guard down, and that's actually a release from the pressures of the fans, yeah. the, the pressures of the board, the pressures of what you get with players asking you questions whether they're going to be playing, etc. Sometimes they really open up and they actually enjoy it. So maybe he's just given away a little bit too much there. And his tweet is probably just to appease everyone before the next game to get everyone back on side. But I'm not sure where I sit with the, the Twitter stuff. It's um, I don't think much of that comes from the heart, to be honest. It's a bit of management spill, yeah. in my point of view. Management spill, but how much longer will they be able to... To spill it out, Joe. Are there is there pressure? Is it just us talking? Is it just the fans talking? Yeah, there's always pressure, and it looks as though there's more pressure on Steve McLaren. Uh, that seven-one defeat is never going to look good when you're look, running down the uh, the list of results. Uh, although I, I did think, and it was touched on last week, I think when you've got so many youngsters in the team, heads can drop very quickly. And if you look at where the goals were scored, they were scored in like clusters of five, ten minutes. There's yeah. three in the middle of the second half and three right at the end, which perhaps added a bit more of a gloss on the scoreline. But uh, that 7-1 has made Steve McLaren odds-on to go before Christmas Day, 5-6, to six, although the other side of that is 5-6 to six as well. So 5-6, to six, he's still there. Adkins, 9-4 to four to be gone before Christmas Day and 1-3 to three to still be there. So is, I like the fact that you set Christmas. I mean, it's something to look forward to, everyone. Let's just set it as, as Christmas. I wonder how many of those will actually last the next couple of games, as you were saying, Sam, rather than all the way to Christmas too. At the Totally Show to get in touch with us, anything that you hear that you want to talk about, that's exactly what our next guest did. Listeners, here's a question for you. Have you read The Economist? Like, actually read it? Because it's not just about economics, it's about everything. Politics, science, business, literature, and even a bit of football from time to time. For 170 years, The Economist has delivered trustworthy intelligence to generations of smart, thoughtful people just like you. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can have a copy for free. The Economist helps readers prepare for what's going on in the world around them. And in today's dynamic world, facts matter more than ever. But you don't have to be an international financier to enjoy it. I brought my subscription in January and I couldn't do without it now. Muddy Knees Media is now this close to launching the Totally Belt and Road Initiative show. Seriously, look it up on The Economist website. It's amazing. And I'd never have heard about it without reading The Economist. The Economist is a smart guide to the forces changing your world. So get your free print copy of it now. Just text the word LEAGUE to 78070. That's LEAGUE to 78070. You're listening to the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. Now, we like to reveal something every week on the show. Uh, this week, we're going to reveal that, that Joe, when he goes to bed of a night time, sits next to his girlfriend, who's a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and you read which book together? Oh, it's not together. I'm I'm leafing through my completed 95, 96 sticker album. And, and uh, while she's, she's reading? 
Owl's uh, the mod, uh, history of Sheffield Wednesday in the modern footballing era. Does she pick out, you know, little quotes to read to you as, as you roll over? Yeah, she also used to have a... a Graham Hyde, any quotes? No, no not, not yet. But she used to have a rabbit called uh, Carboni <laughs> <laughs> as well. So I was trying to make this sound erotic and suddenly uh, the rabbit comes in. Make of that what you oh, will. Handsome, <laughs> handsome Italian. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can we start the whole show again? Uh, let's bring some decorum to proceedings, shall we? Charlie is a Sheffield Wednesday fan who actually got in touch with us after we were talking about the fans forum, in particular the 4XL shirts, which wasn't you, Charlie, was it? No, that wasn't me. <laughs> well, feel, feel free to share any anecdotes about rabbits. And uh, what was the title of the book that she's reading at the moment? Sorry, Joe. Owls. Owls. Have, have you read that one, Charlie? That's one that's on my to-do list. I've just finished reading the um, 150th anniversary one whilst I was away on holiday. So that's one of the next ones to tick off. Call yourself a fan. I'd have read them all by yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Charlie, it is lovely to have you on, not least because Sam of the Parking Who's Here was at, at the Brentford game at the weekend. Um, you were on holiday, but I'm sure you've, you've felt the backlash from that. 2-0 to Brentford. This, What's going on with Sheffield Wednesday at the moment? We, we kind of knew it was going to be another tough season after last season. We've been kind of aware that we're at the boundaries. We, we didn't know that we'd pushed the financial fair play, the profit and sustainability but we knew with the injuries last season we're kind of thinking it's going to be tough but hopefully getting the big players back like Kieran Lee, Gary Hooper, Kieran Westwood that could have a more positive impact but it's Mm. kind of just not really worked out. I think I was looking and so far this season we've already given six academy players debuts so that's kind of the situation we're in now. It has stuffed them, Sam, hasn't it? And did you see any positives to feed back to Charlie from the weekend? Very little, apart from maybe Bannon's performance and, and the goalkeeper, if it wasn't for him. Really could have been five or six. Cameron Dawson was, was excellent, um, stopping Brentford from extending their lead. But other than that, uh, lack of creativity, really. There was a big gulf between the two sides in class. And when you're talking about the stature of those two clubs, I mean, that's pretty alarming for me to say, given you know where Sheffield Wednesday have been. Where, where are you at the moment, though, Charlie, financially and, and with the transfer embargo? It's a bit of a strange situation, hard to work out. I mean, on Friday, they, they announced that the, the club made an official statement saying that we're now out of the what was a temporary transfer embargo. And that was never officially announced. It was just made public at the fans' forum. We'd known about it for a couple of weeks, and our chairman, Chan Siri, had said that it had been a temporary transfer embargo since around April time. But my understanding was that we're around £10 million, um, over what we should be when we've kind of published showing the Football League our accounts for this year, the planned ones. And with it being on a rolling three-year cycle, it seems a bit odd that all of a sudden we're now out of this temporary transfer embargo. So there was a very worrying rumour going round at the weekend that Sunday might have been Forestieri's last game, which could kind of make sense in that he's the kind of player that could have command those big fees. But, I mean, if he were to go, I really do think we could be in a mess Charlie, I know you don't want to read too much into the mannerisms of a manager on the touchline, but uh, he wasn't very animated at all at the weekend. What's your feeling towards him at the moment? And would it achieve anything to potentially replace him at some point in the near future? He's not been that kind of manager ever since I've pointed him on that's jumped up and down the touchline and shouted at the players. He's very kind of stands back, often sits down, calm and collected. But, you know, when you're in that situation where you are struggling... That's one thing that fans like to see, whether it makes any difference or not. People just like to see a manager that's having an impact and speaking to his players. I mean, last season, it didn't 
amazed us with what he did, but we were in a tough situation, injury troubles, and he came in and kind of steadied the ship. Uh, I think it's a difficult situation for him with not being able to bring in players and it's having to put youth through. And I think there are a lot of fans that are saying we should look at replacing him. He's not giving the players any motivation, but at the same time, he's got a bit of a track record. I know not in England, but over in Germany where he's won promotion from the second division. He's brought through young players. So I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I never like to be one that says it's time for a manager to go. So I think if we were to not get pick up a win this week uh, with two home games, then there'll definitely be a lot of talk about that. All right, Charlie. Um, just to give you some lightness, you're actually uh, your other half is a Sunderland fan. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, uh, don't go and support Sunderland. Stick with it, <laughs> or we'll be okay. Um, we'll wait till we've we've hung up on you before we talk to you about the fact that that Sheffield Wednesday and their odds for going down. Charlie, thank you for getting in touch with the show. Thank you for coming on and telling us a bit about the situation at, at Sheffield Wednesday. When things are brighter, we'll get you back on. I don't know whether that's <laughs> that's hopeful or not. But thanks for coming on yeah, the show. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers, Charlie. Um, Charlie, who got in touch with us at the Totally Show. Love to hear from you about your club, the ins and the outs. I guess that the one positive for, for Charlie and Sheffield Wednesday fans at the moment is that they did have that meeting with the owner, that he did come to the, the fans forum, but it all seems a little bit confused. I do want to go positive, Joe, but but Sheffield Wednesday, have things swung towards a negative for them? Yeah, they're quite a short price to go down, but as happened for for the first half of last season Mm. Uh, there was a a lot of teams on quite short prices to go down Um, Sheffield was a three to one which is in considerably from the the seven to one that they were at the start of the season to go down but having said that um, the the silver lining is that that still puts them outside the top three in the betting Uh, uh, quite considerably as well we've got Rotherham Reading and QPR are now the the three favourites to go down followed by Ipswich then Bolton and then Hull and Sheffield Wednesday on three to one. Those two big home games, as Charlie was saying, Lahukai said, realistic. We have to try and finish higher than last season. We were strong in the last two months. The spirit was not there today. He was talking about the result of the weekend, and that's very disappointing. Some positives then for Brentford. Mm. Dean Smith uh, questions over whether he's going to go and manage in the Premier League. No, hang on to him, or at least take him up with with Brentford. That would be the the way to do it. He has organised that team again. The lovely, sharp little passing that that we've seen from from Brentford, and some real tests for them coming up. But they seem to ride everyone at the moment. Yeah, he's a he's a brilliant chap. Dean Smith will worked with him at a couple of clubs and he's a very good coach actually I'm not sure if he'd still be so hands-on as he was at um, my two previous clubs Orient and and Walsall but he likes good players you know that get expressed themselves he's a he's a coach who enjoys seeing people go beyond their marker so I can see a little bit of him in that team and Adrian made the point that he was a tough centre-half as well so it makes it even more uh, interesting but yeah, they were very good. More of the same for, for Brentford. Sawyers was excellent. Um, they're not missing Ryan Woods at the moment, which is a tribute to how well McEachran's done stepping in. Uh, and Sawyers is a brilliant footballer who divides opinion, divided opinion at Walsall, does it again a little bit at Brentford, but he's got a real wand of a right foot. He makes them tick. And uh, the big question, I think, for Brentford is, can Neil Mopay, Mopay, Mopay get 20 goals this year? He gets enough chances to... It wasn't clinical enough last year. And I saw a little bit of that still on Sunday, which is a concern for me. I think they need one more central striker just to give a, him a little bit of help, what? a little bit of pressure, and they'll be... Well, what kind of well, noise was that? Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> I was just going to say. I mean, yeah, you 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 are probably right, but this he he scored three. He's yeah. made three hmm. in three games. I mean, this is it's like a dream start. Adrian, you're you're got, trying to replace. They've him. got one central striker. He gets injured. Yeah. Then you're going to have to shove Ollie Watkins yeah, up there or, or, or whatever. Up. Well, he's a yeah, but he's a he's a left hmm. winger for me. In time, he may be a striker, but hmm. yeah, they're, they're thin on the ground in the in the striker position. That's been the case for a year at Brentford. Yeah. I never get that argument. That whole oh, what if they lose? Well, they haven't lost that player at the moment. Regardless of where they are in the pitch, we're all going to go gang up on you now. And you know what? The it's it's an unusual stat. Even after just three games, I noticed that the same eleven for all three games for Brentford, zero changes. So it it just tells you, doesn't it, that that he's very very happy with what he's got at the minute. Don't go changing. Uh, Middlesbrough top then after that two nil win at Bristol City. Leeds broke Rotherham's resistance four minutes before half time. Two nil. That one finished. Uh, Leeds again. We can talk about the history makers there. Bielsa, first Leeds boss to make it four wins in the opening four games. Klitsch started his third in a row. He wasn't getting games under Christensen and under Heckingbottom. Heckingbottom couldn't really because Christensen hadn't started him. But is he one of the key players for them? I think so, yeah. Considering he was very much out of favour last year. He's got, gone away. I don't think he was particularly productive. I think he only got one goal last game of the season last year. So to start in the vein he has is, is great. But... I thought it showed a different side of Leeds. It wasn't as free-flowing. It was a bit more of resilience, which you're going to need in a championship and to have that consistency. So fair play to, to Rotherham. Maybe posed them a few different problems and Paul Warren got his game plan spot on. So they got over the line. Well done to the, to the visitors there because they made a fist of it. Tom writes, as a Leeds fan, I'm enjoying the ride, brackets, for now. But I am a tad anxious that Bielsa doesn't seem to see a need to bring in a couple of loans to provide backup. The board are quite keen to do so, but feel he should be allowed the final say. And this is where I feel we will come unstuck, says Tom. There are lots already saying that Leeds are... A odds on certs to go and win it. So I'm not even going to look at you, Joe, on, on that. But some other championship headlines, because I do want to talk League One and Two in depth. Preston Two, Stoke Two, Peter Crouch, 200th senior club goal. Uh, if you haven't seen Gary Rowett's tactical blind date on social media, have a look at that, which is Gary being the, the role of Silla Black there. Gary choosing who he's going to team up with, and he ends up with Peter Crouch at the end. I found it slightly amusing. Uh, Norwich painting the walls... Pink. Sporting director Stuart Webber told a fans forum on Thursday the away changing room has been painted during the summer and that it was a deep pink colour. Cue every paper, every radio station, TV station up and down the land doing something on this and saying it's about lowering testosterone levels. You will notice in here there is no need to lower the testosterone levels. Uh, We have a very dark blue where we're recording this. Is it going to work, Joe? I'm looking at you as our testosterone expert. I've got no idea if it will work but I'm feeling very pumped in this blue room here. (laughs) What would you do to lower testosterone? Have you ever heard the like, Sam? I haven't heard uh, testosterone being brought into play but me and Adrian were, were talking about going to certain clubs, having a cold tea, Dark dressing rooms, I think, would maybe make you a bit depressed before a game. I've never heard pink, but yeah, there were certain little bits and bobs that would go on, in my experience. I said to Adrian, Arsenal, there was a a rumour, a myth, back in the day that the underfloor heating at Highbury used to be turned right up in the away dressing room. Just oh, like, to like they do on aeroplanes to make you all sleep? Make you tired, yeah. yeah. Is that I, true? I believe it's true. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, That's because they, they could afford well, underfloor heating. I lost, I lost in the Youth Cup 5-0 at Arsenal, and I want that. And um, that is the only Erased from why. the memory books, that <laughs> and, result. And Arsene Wenger had a say, by the way, I know this is EFL, but he, he designed the Arsenal dressing room with Feng Shui in mind in terms of the perfect design for... 
for, for a manager to be in the middle so he can communicate with the players. He designed the away dressing room as well in personally uh, and made it the ugliest shape possible and really, really disorientating in terms of where does the manager stand where he can see everybody. He's made it so that it's, it's really, really awkward. I mean, it doesn't always work, of course, but, but clubs will try stuff. What's an ugly shape? But it's just unusual. It's like sort of an L shape and uh, it's overly big, actually. Are you discriminating against L shapes? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of shapes. But this pink, this pink thing, I, I'm not buying into this. No? No, no not well, having it. No. We'll see if it works for Norwich City. Perhaps they need something at Carrow Road at the moment or maybe need something to, to change things up. But it does smack a little bit of desperation. That's the only problem. Yeah, I, I mean, on Norwich, they've had the most shots of anyone per game in, in the championship this year I think 16 shots per game they've had 57% possession yet they're, they're right near the bottom I mean it's clear that the issues are in the defensive third they've got, they've got to sort it out and that's got nothing to do with the colour in the colour in the change room If you are listening to this in a pink room would you send us how you're feeling on a testosterone level at the Totally Show Listeners, we know your time's precious and that's why we've teamed up with Lord Timepieces who are giving all listeners to the Totally Football League show 15% off any watch at lordtimepieces.com with the discount code LEAGUE. Lord Timepieces are modern and elegant and because they're only available online, they're affordable too. So whether you're after something smart or sporty, a metal strap or a leather strap, a gold face or a gunmetal grey face, you'll find that Lord Timepieces are Champions League watches at champions prices. Find out more and see the range for yourself at lordtimepieces.com slash league and your 15% will be applied at the checkout. Master your time and master your destiny with Lord Timepieces. That's lordtimepieces.com slash league. L-O-R-D-T-I-M-E-P-I-E-C-E-S. Into League One then, the 100% club in League One is practically perfect in every way. Remains exclusively open to Peterborough United and Portsmouth. Portsmouth beat Oxford 4-1, Oxford United. They're the sole team to have lost three from three at Oxford United. Barnsley and AFC Wimbledon remain the only EFL teams not to concede a goal this season. Well done to them. We record this on Tuesday morning. And more Barnsley love in a bit. As for Peterborough and Portsmouth, all hail Steve Evans, 3-1 over Luton. I am not backing down on my Luton are going up just yet. Yeah, not the start that the Hatters wanted, but um, Peterborough and Portsmouth absolutely flying. And me and Adrian spoke about the big overhaul at Peterborough. Not sure if the quality was replicating what they had in previous years. Well, that was ridiculous because so far, so good. Obviously, he's leaned on the, the Scottish market. Uh, I played with one of the lads, Jason Naismith at St Mirren. Very good player, good fullback, and uh, Jason Cummins, another Jason getting the headlines at the weekend with mm. a, a couple of goals. And he was really high stock a couple of years ago, doing great thing for for Hibs. So um, that's a good uh, coup for for the club. And um, no, looking very very good, Peterborough. Another lad I wanted to highlight actually was Dembele uh, from Grimsby, who was a product of the Nike Academy. So uh, a chap who had to take a step back away from the, the professional game, got his opportunity at Grimsby, did brilliantly in flashes last year. Yeah. Steve Evans may be the perfect manager, perfect manager to give him a little bit of stick and actually make him realise that he's got a great chance here. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's clearly he's got the, the contrast, ability. isn't he, yeah. to what you were saying earlier? Oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah, n- never never worked with him, but yeah, you could always hear him as an opposition player on the sidelines. Yeah, Dembele got three assists, didn't he, last weekend? He scored, I think he scored this weekend. He's looking really sharp. Look, funny story uh, revolving around him. Um, in 2013, he failed, he failed an age test wrist scan and was thrown out of the African Under-17 Championship. So no one actually knows how 
how old Sariki Dembele is at the moment. But he, but, but what we do know is that he's one of the most talented players in League One. And, and what's impressed me about Peterborough is their counter-attacking. You look at the goals they're scoring, there were, so many of them are coming from really sharp breaks. So um, I think they're going to be really entertaining to watch. I've never failed an age test. It's a, being, wrist, it's a wrist scan, apparently. Being, oh, is it? Yeah. They, thankfully, they never used to do that at Dukes. They used to say, you're six foot, you look like you're 18, you can come in. Just got, make, just got to make sure you've got your, your birth date just logged in there. I know. I was, but I was, uh, used 1974. To go too early. Yeah, I used to go too early. They said, what, you're 67? Star sign. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Um, oh, 1974, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and we throw to Joe. Uh, has, has Steve Evans changed financial look at, at things with, with Peterborough, the odds look at Peterborough having packed Luton um, before the season start as I did we thought he'd do alright Steve Evans but but they really have put the, the pressure down yeah uh, their odds have come in slightly they were always amongst the favourites and pretty much the top four uh, top five in the betting is still as it was uh, with just a couple of fluctuations Barnsley have moved in from third favourites to second favourites Peterborough 130 fourth favourites Sunderland are still odds on for promotion at eight to eleven, they've actually come in again since last week as well. Sunderland's so impressive again. Yeah. Those that they're getting through, the attendances at the moment, just under thirty thousand yeah. again. Brilliant. Yeah, I was there for the Carabao Cup game when they lost to Sheffield Wednesday. There was nearly fourteen thousand there for that. Only one side of the stadium, but but I think that was pretty good attendance. And it, I was actually really impressed, even though they lost the game. You could see that they were pressing high up the pitch. The quality of the football is really high, actually. I think that that they are they will ride high this season. What they do with Catamol and Oviedo between now and the end of the month is, is going to be really interesting. Do they cash in on them or, or will they stick with them? I would 100% stick with them. I know that they're earning a lot of money, but with Catamol and Oviedo, I think their chances of promotion are so much higher. That, that Those two were class at the weekend. And, I, and mm. I think that with the good young players that they've got and the smart manager... That is the full package. If they if they sell Catamol to France, which has been rumoured, or potentially Oviedo, that you're losing two two excellent players there. Just thinking, I had an image of Lee Catamol having a glass of uh, red wine in Bordeaux. There, <laughs> <laughs> that's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 doesn't strike me as a, a, a red wine kind of guy. But look, he played. He, he's in really good form. He was called a god by someone on social media. Mm. Hmm. Three nil winners over Scunthorpe yeah. Sunderland. At they were talking about the £1,000 a month they're spending on, on plastic plants and trying to sort that out at Stuart Donson. So they have issues still to get around. Um, Burton won, Doncaster nil, Fleetwood 2, Rochdale 2. On the Burton thing, that they're set to offer a pay-as-you-play you to Darren Bent. He's clearly still got something about him, particularly at this level. Yeah, been in the press for having a little spat, wasn't he, with um, Paul Clement very early on. Uh, he's been doing some good punditry work. I know him a little bit, Darren Bent, from my Ipswich time, and uh, loves football. Uh, you know, at a young age, um, just loves scoring goals. And I think that, that was really evident when I, when I met him. And I think he's one that will want to go on and continue to play until his legs uh, give up. He'll always get goals. League One probably is level now, with all respect. We'll see if anything's shifted in League One in a moment, but Barnsley are, are winning this league away from the... I mean, on and, and off the pitch at the moment. A, a couple of things most people have, have seen over the last few weeks, the letter to the fan with depression. They invited him down to the, the ground too. And free sanitary products for women in the toilets, but it was a nil-nil with Wimbledon. But they are one of those clubs that 
socially are getting the message out there. It's translating on the pitch. The fans are turning up. And, and Barnsley, one of those clubs doing well at the moment. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're getting things right, aren't they, on and off the field. It's really, really good. I, I love seeing that letter. I thought that was a really marvellous gesture. And football clubs have, have more power, don't they, than I think they realise sometimes to, to help and change people's lives and, and to put smiles on faces. So, um, yeah, no... Congratulations to, to Barnsley onwards and upwards for them. You know, okay, they'll be disappointed to draw with AFC Wimbledon, but they're tough to beat at the moment, aren't they? Wimbledon. I think they're on their longest ever run unbeaten ten now. AFC Wimbledon. Wimbledon so, uh, Sunderland's going to be tasty at the weekend. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, decent game that one. Right, at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about the fixtures for this weekend. Walsall two, Gillingham one. Best performance from Walsall in a while. What a goal! Did you see the goal from uh, yeah. Morgan Ferrier? I mean, yeah, this is a guy who's playing for Boreham Wood a few weeks ago. Uh, I saw him against Arsenal, actually, in pre-season friendly. This was, it was a brilliant goal. Counter-attack down the left-hand side, cuts in, and he just spanks it sort of effortlessly into the top corner. I saw Walsall towards the end of last season against Wigan, and they were battered, and they didn't look like they had anything up top. Too many um, raw players, naive, a lot of naive naivety in forward areas but they've signed loads of new players Ferrier is one of them and they, were, they all seem to be doing really well so so congratulations to Dean Keats I think he's got his recruitment uh, pretty good Yeah it was a bit of a gamble for Dean Keats because doing a great job at Wrexham and um, he's a huge legend at Walsall from my time there he's one of those blokes that you heard spoken about regularly by the young players the people around the place so you know, you risk ruining that legacy when you take the number one job. So, so far, so good. They were a bit obsessed, maybe playing four two three one the last few years, and he's gone four four two. And as Adrian rightly says, Ferrier, Andy Cook have been excellent at the early start of the season. I enjoyed what Keith said actually because the the goal was amazing. It was probably the one that drew a gasp for me over the weekend. And he said he had another one like that that ended up on the M6. And that just reminded me of my year at the uh, Bank Stadium or wherever it was. Should we hold a moment for that? It's probably still going up. It's going. It's yeah. just reached uh, the M42. Has it come down yet? Stuck in the uh, the roadworks. Joe, it's, although I talked about the, the two clubs, Peterborough and, and Portsmouth in this league, doing so well at the moment. But it's, it's evenly spread, isn't it? There's, there's a couple of clubs that need to do... Do some work. Very much so. And uh, a few of the teams who you would have thought would have been a little bit higher up after the first couple of games uh, have perhaps uh, drifted out of contention. The likes of Burton, for example, we just mentioned them. Darren Bent perhaps going back there. I think if they could get somebody to score a few goals, they'll fly at the table. But mm. at the moment, they're 12-1 to 1 double figures now to, to go up. But it is incredibly congested behind... Uh, Scunthorpe so the top six uh, have kind of opened up a little bit of a gap and then Luton at six to one uh, all the way down to potentially even Oxford at 14s or Shrewsbury and Walsall at 16s there's definitely a team in there or two teams that will sneak into the the playoffs yeah and midweek's kind of really stuffed us hasn't it because it'll all swing around again particularly with Luton with a couple of home games and, and how things might change for them too at the totally show if there's anything league one league two or indeed the championship you want to add on Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere. This is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media. Swindon Town are never dull and get your draws out. That is essentially the story of League Two. Exeter on top due to spelling, level on seven points with Lincoln Stevenage and Milton Keynes at the foot. Morecambe and Cheltenham, the only EFL side still waiting for their first league goal of the season. Feel free to rub my face right in it. And they're joined on Nilpont by a newly promoted Macclesfield. There was one stalemate, four one ones, and a two two draw. Swindon three, Tranmere two, Tranmere. What are you doing? 
Oh, the tackle. The tackle <laughs> was um, it was terrible. 2 0 up as well, coasting. And um, yeah, when you're 2 0 down at home, the supporters let you know at Swindon. There's expectation there. They were in a great place, obviously, to go on and win the game, Tramis. So, what's he thinking? Would you find him if he was the manager? Oh, you'll you, get one. You have to. Yeah. And um, speaking to uh, a Tranmere fan yesterday, I think he's got a bit of previous for that as well, which you can get away with maybe in the National League somewhat, a little bit more with the referees, not in the in League Two. So, great recovery from Swindon. And a couple of things I'd like to highlight there. The importance of Mark Richards, who's... Went under the radar last year because yeah. Swindon weren't successful. He scored something like 10 in 14 when he came in. Incredible return. Uh, he's still got the the ability to do it. So fantastic for him. And the winning goal, Joe Romanski, who's a, a young kid, more of a left-back, played centre-half, saw him in pre-season. His first career goal, cut back, hit his standing foot, tried to control it, I think, and uh, bobbled into the corner. And there's been no mention of it. So there you go. It was the jammiest goal you could ever wish to score. But look, it, it, they all go in. It, Good player, actually. Impressed me in pre-season. He's, um, he reminded me a little bit of George Friend, that type of fullback. So um, probably got a chance. And good for the, um, the Swindon fans always to get a local lad into the team and a great win. Two home games, two three-twos for, for Swindon fans. Uh, Joe, I'm going to ask you the odds on their next home game being a, a three-two. Don't give me that glare. Uh, it's, it's one of those, you're getting your value for money at the moment. Uh, Stevenage won, Morecambe nil. Morecambe still without that goal this season. We thought they might struggle... They are struggling, yeah. uh, but but where are they getting a goal from? Well, <laughs> no one at the moment. I mean, it's four months. <laughs> I, mean, I just asked the being obvious. <laughs> four months. Can you imagine playing for a team that hadn't scored for four months? Okay, they've been on holiday for, for a section the dressing of that. room pink. Yeah, that's what they need to do. Um, but no, it's, it's not happening. And normally Morecambe start really well and then they sort of um, fade. So that's a slight worry, isn't it? But look... Mm-hmm. The, the, They've got a manager full of character in Bentley. I'm sure he will He will eventually get them going. Steven, so worth my former team. Really impressed with him. Great goal from Michael Timlin. Top top corner. He doesn't get many, but when he scores, they're almost always top corner, 25 yarders. And 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 I always think that if you sign five or six new players, that's about right. You know, seven or eight you could go to. Stephen, without you know um, changing the dynamic too much, they sign 15. They sign 15 and they're flying. So, so well done to the new boys at Stevenage. Lots of team bonding before getting that yeah. season underway. Yeah, I was a little bit worried about them because I like um, Godden, who's gone to, to Peterborough. And obviously the centre-half, Wilmot, went to, to Watford, who was getting rave reviews last year. But seems to have gone with some inspiring uh, senior players coming mm. in. Cuthbert, Timlin, uh, obviously. And they've got Ravel up front as well. So they could be the dark horses. I was saying to Adrian before we come in, being a bit of a know-it-all, but... The, the leagues are taking shape a little bit and there's not too many surprises. I'd say bottom of League One, seeing Oxford and Luton down there and probably Stevenage being up there in the, the, the lowest tier. So You're telling me you saw uh, the Yeovil Notts County score coming? Oh yeah, Alex Fisher, always been a big fan of his work when he was playing in Spain Four and nil. Belgium. Yeah, no, I didn't see that coming. But Adrian, you, you said that Notts County flattered to deceive a little bit at times well, last year. Well, they were year. terrible. Every time I, I mean, I was a bit of a jinx for them last year, but they, they were awful every time I watched them in the flesh. And yeah, it hasn't been a good start. Again, I think Kevin Nolan, he made quite a lot of changes, didn't he, in the summer. And a friend of mine, who's a horse racing commentator, saw them pre-season at, at a horse racing track. And I said, oh, were they... 
were they on it? And uh, he said, oh, yeah, absolutely they were on it. But but they were well behaved. And I was just thinking in pre-season to, to be sort of on it, uh, on the booze was, was quite an unusual thing. But I think when you when you do have a load of newcomers, mm. it's important to have those those bonded sessions. But Anyone else really think that they were it. actually on the track at that point when you said on it? Was that just me thinking as, as they're coming up to the major? Is Notts County one of those teams then, which is a, a point in case of bring a load in, doesn't work early on, but things should improve you would hope for them. They they need to improve for yeah. them. Anything swung? I did. I did throw you one in about Swindon, Joe. Yeah, I found it. Oh, uh, twenty-five to one Swindon to win three-two. That's not too bad. At the bottom of the table, Morecambe still favourites to go down. Macclesfield new second favourites. Uh, I I really thought that they would do quite well this season. Perhaps not promotion. Oldham fans, though, said that that was kind of the best performance they'd seen from their side in that. What was it? Three-one win over yeah. Macclesfield. Yeah, uh, but. It hasn't worked so far for Macclesfield, but I think they'll do all right. And at the top of the table, uh, Lincoln's still odds on uh, to go up. MK Dons, Notts County are the big, the big movers, the big drifters. Uh, they're eleven to four now, and that puts some joint fourth favourites with Swindon. There was a, a point this week you might have seen a fans forum that Lincoln held. We had our, our chat with a Lincoln fan, didn't we? Saying that they had a, a naughty step they've introduced. Danny Cowley says him and Nicky have brought in that to improve relations with officials. Maybe they're a bit fearful over the red and yellow cards yeah. at the side, but the, the naughty who, who step goes is in. on the naughty step. Well, I've got my own suggestions for this week. If, <laughs> if you feel free to put them on there. Some, some players would never train, would they? If there was a naughty step in it at the training ground, good grief, some of the sights I've seen. Yeah, I don't know about players, I just mean in this studio. Uh, Mansfield, one other for you. Carolyn Radford, their, their chief exec, said that the football is full of dinosaurs. Claims is patronised by other club execs all the time. And we had Carolyn Radford in last season on the Totally Football League show and she was saying about how she wanted to try and push things forward with Mansfield. And uh, there are only, what, seven female chief execs across the Premier League and EFL last season. So she's been I get, I get worrying. It's a shame to hear it, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you'd like to think that in this day and age that, that there wouldn't be any sort of signs of sexism behind the scenes. But look, you know, it, it, it will happen in across all industries, won't it? Unfortunately. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a shame to hear that. Did you hear about Forest Green? They're still waiting for their kit. Unbelievable, isn't it? Is it because the number of stars they're trying to put on? Above? Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? They're trying to find someone to, to sew the stars on. Ordered it in Forest January. Green. Spent all their money on tofu. I don't like to- tofu, do you? This, that, this went, is... that went down well. <laughs> I just don't like Clearly tofu. Clearly it doesn't go down well. Why, why not? Too well, bland. It's got no flavour, is it? Well, you are supposed to season it. Ah, maybe maybe that's where I'm yeah. going wrong. Yeah. Who was it this week who got in trouble on uh, Good Morning Britain or something for saying that they didn't know you had to season chicken? Why am I only looking at you, Abby? <laughs> Thank you, Joe. You saw that too. I, I also I was on a, a train once. Well, that's a revelation. And there was a, there was a family sat on the table next right, to me. Right, sorry. Yeah. Um, and there were two girls who were maybe oldest was six or seven uh, and mum and dad stand up pull some Tupperware tubs down off the off the shelves and as they peel the lid off the Tupperware tub the oldest girl goes yay tofu <laughs> and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> did she then get out ketchup and just squirt it over the top that's what you need to do right, going wrong you know educational this show I know what more could you want at the Totally Show for your tofu anecdotes always welcome Matt Edmondson yes it was Matt Edmondson 
Thank you, Abby, as always, for everything. A quick look ahead to games this weekend. Wimbledon-Sunderland, for me, in League One, is the one that everyone should look at. I think Ardley's got Wimbledon organised. Sunderland, a real test to go there and what they come away with. That's my one for this weekend from League One. You can't pick anything from during the week. I won't let you have it because you'll all be spending your tenors on watching it via... To internet. Any other games this weekend? You can go Wimbledon Sunderland. I think MK Dons against Exeter is one to watch, isn't it? Because of the the, uh, the, Tisdale, the, the, Tis, Derby. the Tisdale Derby. So yeah, everyone uh, needs to dress up smartly for that one, obviously. And yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if Exeter can go there and, and turn over their their old gaffer. Exeter B against Exeter A, which is which? <laughs> Sorry. Good. You will be. <laughs> I was looking at the fixtures. Yeah. Norwich leads for me. Why? Uh, just I think. Uh, an interesting test to see if Leeds are the real deal. I know we're going to say that every week, but yeah, I think Norwich can be pretty good at home and um, it's one I could see them maybe slipping up in, Leeds United. Joe, do you have one that... Do you have one, Joe? Yes. Uh, or just another tofu anecdote. I'm up for that too. <laughs> Sadly, I've only got the one tofu oh. anecdote. Doncaster, Portsmouth for me. Doncaster weren't fancied to do very well. Had a very good start. Mm. And Portsmouth were tipped to do very well. And have also had a very good start. So it'll be interesting to see how Pompey do away from home at Doncaster. How Pompey do? Pompey do. <laughs> Le Pompey do centre. Thank you very much. It's a cultural show too. Middlesbrough against West Brom, I think too. Middlesbrough oh, yes. and how well they've done. Despite Tony Peters' best efforts to say, oh, we still need to bring more in and, and we're not quite right and we're not playing to our potential. Yeah, he's having a laugh, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, no, they're looking really good. They're, they're, they are scoring goals from set pieces, as you'd expect, but also in other ways. And I think that's that's really, really promising for Middlesbrough. And a word for Darren Moore. I think I said on the first show here, can he transform West Brom, a team that had been used to playing stodgy, fairly defensive football, into a team that scored goals? I think we got our answer, didn't we, at the weekend? Really exciting and, and free-flowing. Harvey Barnes, I think, has, has been a revelation of a, of a loan signing. And yeah, that that is the game of the weekend in terms of the Championship Friday night. You've got that effective use of the wing-backs that, that Middlesbrough are doing at the moment. You say you've got that, that mm. style of play from West Brom, so it could be a real bang, 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 bang. Yeah, and that's, that's, noise, that's really interesting about Darren Moore because when you watched them at the end of last season, they were very well-organised, very strong, um, played on the counter-attack a little bit, and now they're going to have much more of the football and he's gone to a, a back three at the weekend. So I didn't really envisage them probably changing too much. So that's that's quite interesting about West Brom and uh, Tony Pulis facing his, his former club. If they can keep those two strikers, they won't be far away. He can play it down all he likes, but if they can keep Braithwaite and Asomba longer to win at Ashton Gate, a bit of a canter shows you where they are right now. So I think that's a, that's two teams that are going to be right up there. Make no bones about that. Make no mistake. You, you can make no bones about yeah. it too. Uh, Braithwaite's a, a, an interesting one. I, I know I said we were going to stop the show about four hours ago, but I, I don't know whether... Uh, Pulis clearly has said he wants him to stay, but we don't know if he's going and he could be key on, on where they go this season yeah I, I, why do you want to sell him he's scoring goals and he's well, I don't combining... think he does does he but I'm yeah. just a bit kind of what's yeah. happening to me he's just he's just got two goal scorers mm. in his team that tend to combine really nicely together and if Middlesbrough want to go up I think they should keep them so those are some of the tasty tidbits coming up this weekend then of course there's all those games that are happening during the week so apologies for not having a look ahead to those we, we kind of threw a bit of that in throughout thank you to everyone that's got in touch with the show so far apologies if we haven't mentioned your tweet but you can always correspond with us at 
the Totally Show. It gets mixed up somewhere in between the Scottish stuff and also the Premier League stuff and everything else besides. My thanks to Sam, to Joe Crilly from William Hill and also to Adrian. But primarily, as always, thank you to you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.